Hey there, everyone. It's Byron with the ISCPO. Before we get started, hey, listen, I hope you had a great summer. Uh, kind of took some time off and really enjoyed uh, getting together with friends and family. And I hope Hurricane Dorian wasn't too impactful for you. I know it kept us busy where I work, um, keeping us on our toes, and just thankful it wasn't uh, as uh, so worrisome for us uh, and impactful to the business. Hey, today's episode is going to be a great one. We're introducing one of our newest members of the ISCPO Preferred Vendor Program, and that is Optic Risk Solutions. I had a chance to sit, sit down with Rod Fullenwinder uh, with Optic, and many of you may remember Rod. We had a chat with him and Glenn early on this year, Glenn Masters, talking about the inception of the ISCPO organization and kind of how it all got started on a napkin. Later on in the podcast, I want to kind of share some updates with you about the 2020 conference and the, and the upcoming registration we've got lined up for it. So listen, I hope you enjoy this episode. Well, I'm sitting here with Rod again from uh, Optic Risk Solutions and just wanted to touch base with our listeners and chat with Rod about his new role. It's been a while since we spoke. I mean, the last time we spoke was early this year when we were talking about the conference and how the ISCPO was all formed on a napkin with you and, you and Glenn. So I'm glad that I'm here. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. So how are things been? Things are busy. Things are good, but they're busy. It's been uh, uh, an exciting time, obviously. And, and, you know, you're right. Last time we talked, we uh, we sort of shared the, the table with Glenn and uh, we talked about our, our past and history and what got us where we're at. So now from a you know, professional standpoint and a work standpoint, you know, it's, it's interesting as I've spent the last couple of months really going across the country and, and meeting with different clients and, and talking through their issues. Uh, it, it's interesting what I'm seeing out there and what I'm hearing out there. And, and I even spent some time with U.S. Customs uh, looking at counterfeit good protection and intellectual property protection and, and some of what they're seeing and, and how from a supply chain standpoint we can interact and play with them and quite frankly the massive amount of support they give to us if we need it and as companies need it. So yeah it's been good you know busy challenging you and I've shared some of those yeah. stories over the last couple yeah. of weeks and so you're a little more in, you know involved in the knowledge of that than a lot, a lot of others quite frankly. So Optic Risk Solutions What's what's the history? Any any details? Yeah, you know, I can I can give some of that. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, a, a buddy of mine was uh, working for a large company as their security director, and he got told like the other directors in the company, not we're maybe going to be bought, but we're going to be purchased, and this is who's going to buy us. Hmm. And 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 it's interesting, you know, when that happens, many of us have been there before, and we all know how nerve wracking that can be for us, particularly with families. And so he started looking at the new company and realized that they already had one of him and said, you know, I, I don't want to let someone else dictate my future. So he started, you know, he told his boss he was going to start a company. So he started Optic. And then lo and behold, the purchase did happen. Um, they did get bought. And he had conversations with them. They flew into the corporate office where he thought he was probably going to be fired. And instead they said, no, we want you to stay in play. And so he stayed in play. Yet now he has this company on the side, uh, Optic. And, and then, lo and behold, business started coming to him. Without even looking, just coming from the website, 
uh, and I helped him design the website and helped him get all his, his contracts in place and all of his paperwork in place. So I was very involved in, in what he was doing. And anyhow, uh, work started coming in and then it was like, oh goodness, now this contract came in and another contract came in. And, and then a company came in and, and, and said, we want, we want Optic to manage our entire security operation, literally lock, stock and barrel. And you know they weren't gonna hire their own security director, didn't need to hire their own security director. They're an e-commerce uh, you know, company. And you know, the folks were like, what do we do? And, and of course he was like, well, I'm gonna stay with my company. So anyway, he uh, brought me over from the company I was working for and you know, we had some negotiations and talks. And so I'm now the managing partner and you know, I'm the guy running it every day and trying to grow this thing. And he, he's out of play, just doing his own thing on, you know, with his previous company. And here we are, you know, so that's sort of your quick history right, that, you right. really, that got us here. Well, that sounds very exciting. I mean, just to be able to kick off something new. I mean, the history you've got with your your career and what you can call upon. And when you look at Optic, though, you've, you've got uh, a segment of the business that could really be tailored for the supply chain group, like the ISCPO, right, for those clients. So a little bit about that. Well, I think I think you're right on that. You know, the, the nice thing is, is that we, we're not going to try to be everything to everybody. You know, we're not going to install cameras. We're not going to install locks. Can we oversee and manage that? Absolutely. Can we design that for people? Absolutely. And yes, we are doing that. But I think the, the real bread and the butter for people for us is the ability to come in, if, for instance, from, from a consulting standpoint, you know, and, and let us be the people, the eyes and ears that help them walk through whatever their challenge is or whatever their project is. And, um, you know, or let us just run it. Uh, lock, stock, and barrel, and these are things I'm doing for several companies right now. Right, right. Um, where I'm, I'm actually going up in a few weeks uh, up to the Midwest to meet with a manufacturing company, and uh, we're putting in some consulting for them on some very specific design work on a number of facilities for them. Same time, I'll be with another company up there, and we're going to be looking at doing supply chain audits within their their existing supply chain. They know they have things going on; they do have people in place. But what they also know is that the system's gotten so big, they can't possibly do it all themselves. Right, right. So, so they're going to outsource some of that for us to design some of those audits. In some cases, we're just going to use their audits, and we'll be the ones out there in the field doing things for them. And, uh, and you know, we've got another, another client out of uh, uh, the East Coast, that, uh, in, and they have locations across Russia. And so the problem they have is they don't know what they don't know. And they just hired their first security director, and they need us to help them walk through how do we build a program right. and what are the elements of that program? How do we consult with them on that and make those things happen? But in the meantime, you still have all these trucks and trailers and trains and aircraft and boats that are moving product mm -hmm. globally. What are you going to do to make sure what's supposed to be being done is being done? And we come into play to help right. with that. So, so yeah, we're, we're really ideally set up to assist you know, from anything that the ISCPO members have. And I think the nice thing about us is that we have such broad experience with the players that we have that uh, we don't have to cookie cut. So, so we can design things that fit company A and then totally do it in a different manner for company B because their culture is different, right. their leadership's different. And oh, by the way, maybe their maturity from a loss prevention or security standpoint is different. And, and so we can design things that actually fit and give them the benefit versus just doing things for the sake of doing it. Well, and you mentioned one good point is the, the you know, from a cost savings and a, and a knowledge base is really outsourcing. Mm -hmm. I mean, so for those folks in those industries that don't want to start a new department or build a new organization or a separate organization within their group, outsourcing is the way to go with these 
you know, suppliers like yourselves. So. Absolutely, and you know, the nice thing about it is uh, we can get a reach a lot of times much quicker than what they can ever get them themselves. Uh, or we can do things on the quiet that they need to be kept really quiet, both right. internally as well as externally, and we have the ability to pull that off for them, whether it be domestically or internationally. And, and so from a flexibility standpoint, we, we become a really good tool for folks. Yeah, well I think your career really plays into this organization. I mean, just the wealth of knowledge you have from different roles that you've had over your career, you've really kind of set yourself up for success here. I, I hope you see it that way, I do. So I don't know, what do you, what do you think about that? Well, yeah, I do, and, and you know, I, I think at some point all of us, as we get older in life, we begin to realize, okay, do I wanna let someone else figure out my career path, or do I wanna figure it out myself? And, and you know, I've been very fortunate, very blessed with my career path. I've, I've had some great positions. I got known as a fixer early in my career, and, and so when companies had problems, I got hired to come and fix, you know, and so went from Neiman Marcus to Sears, and from Sears to XL Logistics, and, and from XL back to Sears, and then to uh, a little company called Blockbuster, mm -hmm. uh, back in the day when we were just the, the biggest thing on the planet. And then Loomis Fargo, you armor car people. So I've, I've had a great deal of, of experience, whether it be in straight supply chain, special supply chain, manufacturing, you know, the Craftsman tool, for instance, the manufacturing of that, we took that a little personal. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I've been very, very fortunate with that. But also I had the corporate side of the house and, and, and was able to do a lot of, have to deal with a lot of the corporate issues. Um, and then went to, you know, a couple of different consulting companies where um, I had to do a lot of different things. But, you know, what I saw there was there were some good models and there were some really bad models. And, and there were some good leaders I've had, great leaders in my past. And, and I was fortunate to have some bad leaders. Right. And so now being the guy and, and being the managing partner, uh, I, I get to try to bring all that together, and now it's my fault if we make a bad decision. Yeah. It's not anyone else's. Right. So, uh, but but you know what? You're right. It's all teed me up for a great great opportunity. The education background has got me here, and my my military experience. All these things have come together to the forefront, and it's it's working really well for us. Well, and I think you know what we see today is people failing fast and moving on. Right. So yeah. if you can get out of the gate and get it correct and, and move forward, that's great. So you mentioned manufacturing. And some of this, the e-commerce, what other industries would you guys, or are you guys looking at working in? Well, you know, certainly in the corporate world, you know, and, and there's a big need there um, in a lot of different avenues. I think some of it technology and, and people trying to figure out what is the technology they need to play in. And it's real easy to use an outside company to help figure that out sometimes, particularly when we don't have, we're not the company that's going to bring you cameras. We're not the company going to bring you those things, but we can go figure it out for you. Um, but I'll tell you what, training right now, there's, there's a big need for training and I'm getting more and more calls, uh, particularly with it be active aggressor uh, and it be some of the system things as well. Uh, fraud is still an issue, as, as we all know. We're, we're right. all dealing with right. more and more of that. Uh, but the active shooter is a big one, and, and people trying to get their hands around more than just run, hide, fight. You know, right. how do, what do I really need to be looking for? What's the what's some of the dangerous language? What's some of the dangerous behaviors? What are some of the predictable things that we can look at to allow us to make better decisions? And then some of the other things also are. You know, I'll be honest, one of the things I'm seeing a lot of from folks is they're just really tired of not having better options on some basic things, even guarding. Right. And, and so we've taken on, you know, even doing some of the guarding in certain locations where it makes sense. And, and, and we're seeing some really good results with that. And of course, the executive protection, and we do some of that as well. And, you know, some need that a lot. Some just need some. Right. Um, some need someplace in between. And, and that's back to the consulting animal. You know, what do you really need? versus what, do you, you, what have you always done or not done, and how do you really need to get there? And, and so 
those are some other elements that we're really right. tackling and uh, some of them one off and some of them system wide some of them globally you know well you mentioned the active shooter and I can speak from experience when it, it takes time to get a program in place and sometimes you don't you, you really don't have the time yeah something needs to happen quickly when the events occur I mean we're in Dallas. I mean, uh, a lot of large organizations moving to Dallas, retail, manufacturing, corporate offices, and um, they're not in tune with how to create a program and they need someone to help. So I think you guys are perfectly set up for doing that. That's great. Well, and, I, and I can tell you on that, on that note also, one of these we just did, and, and I met with, with a customer a few months ago, uh, and, and their challenge was for two years, they had been trying to figure out how do we do training in our 400 U.S. locations on de-escalation, because their their clients uh, kept coming in and creating problems for them, their customers, right. with their employees, managers and non-managers alike, interacting with them, and their folks just did not know how to create a de-escalative mode of operation. And so we came in and consulted to create that mode of operation, and then also help them build the training program that literally just rolled out literally this last week to right. all 400 plus locations around the country. And, uh, and oh, by the way, that wasn't overly difficult, but when you're that narrow focused on it and you're living in the, you know, hyperbaric chamber, if you will, of right. the bosses saying do this, sometimes it's hard to be focused on it. So there, there's some other also shoot, shoots that jump off of that whole active aggressor program. And, uh, and we're just really trying to tackle those for folks and, and create the right avenue of an answer for them, if you will. That sounds awesome. I know, what are some of the other points you're looking at addressing quickly to help folks anything out of the supply chain world from that perspective yeah I'll tell you the one that's a big one in in I think a number of folks I keep talking to both security as well as operational folks depending on how the company's set up but one of the challenges that just keeps jumping up out there is how are we going to audit these last mile carriers hmm. and and you know part of it, the problem is with the broker system and then you know you have company X that has 14 different transportation companies they use, or even three different transportation companies, but those three different companies then outsource to literally 15, 20, 30 different companies. Right. And so by the time the goods leave location X to get to its destination, whether it be your home or your warehouse or even your store someplace, that product's touched by, sometimes it means eight or nine different companies. And some of those companies may have one employee, may have six employees, they may have 200, 300 employees. Right. But the question becomes, how good are they? Are they really been vetted? You know, do they really have the insurance they're supposed to have? And can they really respond to what they need? So we're seeing that as an issue right now and, and really trying to tackle that for folks and doing some of those those audits for them that they just can't do themselves. Well, and I think you're right. I mean, some of that product that, that's traveling today needs to be secured. Yeah. And when you go to a 3PL and then maybe a 4 and a 5 and a 6PL, I mean, you really open yourselves up, I mean, for integrity. You do. Product integrity. Yeah, the other thing we're seeing, and, and this has come up several times, actually just in the last couple of weeks, and, and it's something that we think may be a, a, an issue. Um, maybe it's not as big as we're seeing right now, but it's, but it's this one. So let's say that you, your company, has a, a trailer on the road that's moving from, from Dallas, we'll say from your Dallas distribution center, and it's going to Albuquerque, New Mexico, or it's going to uh, Fargo, you know, uh, uh, if you will, and all of a sudden now there's a wreck and that trailer is involved in an accident out there in the middle of I-35, or maybe it's on I-20 or I-40 or I-10 or wherever, and, and now it's sitting on the side of the road in Nowhere, USA, you know, in the middle of, middle of Kansas, right? And now you're saying, hey, this just happened, carrier. 
I need people out there investigating this. We understand there's injured people, maybe even someone dead, and a product is out there. We need this investigated. How fast can you get someone there? And what we're seeing is there's a lot of just dead time on these phone calls where people, we don't have an answer. Hmm. And, and so what's happened is we've been mo motivated to figure out how do we do that. Well, most people are motivated to do that in crisis, and some have got some okay answers, but no one I've talked to have had great answers where they've had right. to figure that out. And, and so we, we've actually created a network now of investigators around the country where if this happens, we can actually call, and within just a few hours, we can potentially have someone there on site where at least they can take the pictures, they can talk to that officer on the scene, and get that initial report and information and get it back to you. So now you have something to work with, and now your boss has something to work with, the insurance company has something to work with, and now we're actually moving forward versus waiting three or four So days. you've got a uh, optic risk critical solutions team out there that can address it, right? Right. That's yeah. awesome, that's yeah. awesome. I, listen, I appreciate you guys are now um, you know, one of our vendor partners with ISCPO, and I, I'm looking forward to you guys joining us at the conference in 2020 in Dallas. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more uh, here shortly about the conference, but I really want to thank uh, you for, for what you've done and you know, our previous relationship with uh, the vice chair and the chairman role we did with ISCPO. And I know that Optic is setting itself up for, for a big win, so anything else that you see that's coming down the pipe? No, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of changes coming to the industry. We've seen a lot of changes, all of us have, just particularly in the last even three years. And I think we're going to see more in the next three years, particularly as manpower continues to be an issue, as truck drivers become more and more of an issue. All these things are out there, and it's going to be a matter of how do we all collectively adjust to that, and how do we do good, solid, professional loss prevention and security, safety related to those elements. We're going to have to get creative going forward. All right. Not to mention the fact we have these things called millennials that are being more and more involved in what we're doing, and some of that's good and some of it's a challenge. I mean, you bring, you bring up a good point because, you know, in the retail world, the loss prevention asset protection teams share a lot of information. Mm -hmm. um, in the security world, not so much. That's right. I mean, it's really us against them, and they, I could see that fostering some type of new relationship or a new group out there that helps take care of all those situations. Yeah. So. Interesting. Well, we're trying to position to be part of that, and, and uh, you know, and the way we do that is through relationships. And how do we how do we create good, solid business relationships? And, and how do we create that trust with people? Where um, everything's not about them bringing money to us. That's, that's always great when we get new business. Don't get me wrong. And my job is to make sure we do get new business, which is always a great day. Yep. However, um, we still need to be about building good, strong personal and professional relationships, uh, so that we all have trust with each other. So we can change as we need to on these elements. And we can all collectively, you know, get together. And, and you know, you know, I've had a good relationship over the years. Be right. able to talk about things over the years and say, well, I think you're wrong on this. Maybe you're right on that. Hey, maybe we need in the middle someplace. How do we get there? And and I think we're positioned at Optic very well to do that. I think the ICPO is positioned well to do that. And I know we're looking at a couple of new board members. Uh, right. So I, I think bringing some of that new new thinking and some of the new blood into play is going to be great for the organization. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Listen, I, I appreciate it. And for the listeners out there, I'm going to put some information in this podcast, some links about Optic Risk Solutions, so you'll have easy way to get to that information. But I appreciate it, Rod. Hey, always glad to be part of this thing. Just thanks for letting me be here, man. All right. Thanks, buddy. All right. Hey, as promised, I wanted to give you a quick update on the 2020 ISCPO conference. Uh, we're thankful 7-Eleven has agreed to host us again for next year. We had a great conference 
uh, this, this past year at the corporate headquarters and looking forward to hosting that again. Uh, we've got all our sessions and speakers locked in. I just want to rattle off a few of the session topics just to show you what's coming up. So we've got Managing High Consequence Conversations. Another session is Mexico City Security Challenges, Customs Clearance Security Investigations. Uh, our third one is Freight Forwarding Cybercrime, an interesting take on that. And then we've got e-commerce emerging markets looking at the Middle East. And then challenges in the global retail supply chain. Uh, cargo tracking at a parcel level. Uh, transportation brokers 101. And finally, security development in the cannabis industry. So it looks pretty, uh, pretty broad and uh, pretty interesting from a, a session's presentation. Our vendors are lined up and we're looking forward to some new vendors to uh, join us this year. Um, and so have a look. We'll be launching the registration in a couple weeks. So keep your eyes open for that. You can always check us out at www.iscpo.org for more details. Go out there and check it. Check out our website and click on the link to register for our newsletter and keep and get those updates about the conference. If you have any questions, drop us an email at info at iscpo.org or drop me an email at byron.smith at iscpo.org. Thanks a lot. Looking forward to our next podcast. Take care. Hey, just a quick note. We've got some great stuff coming up on the podcast uh, in the schedule for the rest of the year. But listen, if you've got something that you'd like us to talk about or maybe someone you'd like us to have a chat with for the podcast to share with everyone else, drop me a note. I'd appreciate it.